Welcome to the Dennis Jernigan Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help you find healing for your wounds, find hope in your despair, find intimacy in your loneliness, to find refuge from the storms of life, basically to help you find a deeper walk with Jesus. There's one thing I've come to know after having lived all these years now, and it is this. Our God wastes nothing. He does not waste our sorrows. He does not waste our wounds. He does not even waste our failures. Hi, I am your host, Dennis Jernigan. And today's podcast is the story behind the song, Lonely. This is from the ministry recording called Help Me to Remember. This album is a 14-song collection, especially for those who are grieving the loss of a loved one. Each song came as a result of either personal loss or as a result of walking relationally with someone who was going through the process of grief. Some of the songs are from Father God's point of view. Some are meant to bring comfort to those who mourn. All are meant to be conduits of God's love and presence to broken, grieving hearts. Now, grief is deep sorrow, especially that caused by someone's death. But mourning is the outward expression of that grief and sorrow. Matthew 5, 4 tells us, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Let me tell you about this song that came to me in the middle of a trial experienced by my own family, written especially for my wife, Melinda. Here's the story behind the song. It came to me on January 24th of 1995. Here's what I wrote about the song at that time. The story actually begins about six months before I received the song, Lonely. If you have listened to this podcast at all, you know the story about the premature birth of our twins in July of 1994 and of how we almost lost them and Melinda. Melinda's liver had hemorrhaged during the birth and we didn't think she would even survive the night. Long story made short, God healed her and brought her through, but not without a great deal of pain and suffering. She was required to spend several weeks in bed, which meant we had to rely on a lot of help from a lot of other people. And if you know Melinda, you know she's a take-charge-do-it-yourself kind of woman, so it was very difficult for her to spend all those weeks in recovery and unable to do her superhuman mom thing. Finally, during December of 1995, Melinda felt well enough to begin getting back to her her old routine. In fact, we were so excited that our family was getting back to normal, we felt she was well enough to join us on the ski slopes. In January of 1995, we took all nine children for a worship and ski retreat in Crested Butte, Colorado. We had five children on skis at the time, yes. We are crazy that way. (laughs) Just before we headed to the mountains, we hired a nanny to help out at home for eight hours a day, five days a week. She was scheduled to begin her duties when we returned from the trip. We realized later that this was God's perfect provision at a time when we didn't know we would even need it. The retreat went very well, and we had a blast skiing with our friends Imagine skiing all day with then worshiping in the evening with other believers. It was like heaven on earth to me. 
Melinda was having a great time skiing with the children and, and with me because we had taken a sitter along to watch the four little ones who remained at the lodge. This meant she would have a worry-free vacation. However, her worry-free vacation came to an abrupt halt on her last day of skiing, and I do mean her last day of skiing ever. We had taken the lift to the top of our first, for our first run of the day, where, where we posed for a family portrait. Since it snowed 12 inches the night before, we had to talk with the kids about how to be cautious and ski safely in the deep powder. Having performed our parental duties, Melinda proceeded down the mountain with our son Judah and our pastor's wife Jill. I skied behind them with our daughter Glory. Glory and I had to slow down because of the deep snow, so we were about two minutes behind Melinda and the others. By the time we came over the second rise of the slope, we found Melinda lying in the snow, crying out in pain. Her leg had been broken. She had fallen trying to avoid the ski one of the children had just lost, and Jill skied down to the main ski lift with Judah and alerted Pastor Chuck. I waited with Melinda for the ski rescue patrol to arrive. At the clinic, we were told that the bone below her left knee had been shattered and that to try to move her back to Oklahoma might cause her to hemorrhage. I had seen enough hemorrhaging as far as Melinda was concerned. Remember her hemorrhaging liver after the birth of the twins? That was enough hemorrhaging to last a lifetime. <laughs> so while at the clinic trying to comfort my wife, one of the nurses heard her wailing and told her to calm down, that it couldn't possibly hurt that much. I stepped in and said to this nurse, This woman has birthed nine babies. She knows pain. If she says it hurts, I think she knows what she's talking about. A reverent hush fell over the other nurses in the ER, and needless to say, Melinda was allowed to continue to express her pain vocally and was given all the morphine she needed. We were met at the clinic by Chuck Angel, our pastor, and our friends Greg and Lee Maynard, along with the children who had been skiing with us. We were told we would have to take her by ambulance to another city to a surgical center that specialized in this type of, of injury. I knew the children would be well taken care of. In fact, I knew we had about 40 babysitters back at the lodge who would be more than able to meet our needs. From the clinic, Chuck and I followed Melinda's ambulance to Montrose, Colorado, where an orthopedic surgeon who specialized in repairing this type of injury cared for her. He advised us to have surgery, which we opted for the very next day. Melinda's surgery lasted six and a half hours and included a bone graft from her hip, two six-inch metal plates, and 12 screws to hold it all in place. The surgeon, who had worked on these kinds of injuries for the last 15 years, informed us that this was the worst break of its kind he had ever seen. Only Melinda could accomplish such a feat at such a slow speed. <laughs> Melinda's mom flew in that day and stayed with Melinda at the hospital. And the day after the surgery, I moved the children to a hotel in Montrose and took them to see their mom. Once they realized their mother was not going to die, their question was, and I'm being very serious about this, Dad, when can we go shopping? <laughs> they were very young. The following day, we visited Melinda one more time then we headed for home, 
some 863 miles away, Boynton, Oklahoma at that time. The babysitter, the nine Jernigan children, and me in a van for almost 900 miles. We dropped the babysitter at her home in Yukon, Oklahoma that evening, stopped in Oak Mogi for groceries, then finally arrived home on the farm in Boynton a little after 10 p.m. The next day was our new nanny's first day on the job. My instructions to her concerning the children? Just keep them alive. (laughs) That's the true statement. Melinda stayed in that ICU for four days and was released to fly home after nine days in the hospital. While in the hospital, she became overwhelmed with depression. Imagine just having gotten out of several months' worth of confinement in bed to be faced with several more. Imagine, too, that your family is 900 miles away. During this time, the Lord gave me a song for Melinda called Lonely. It became our heart's cry during some of our loneliest times. There came a point during her confinement at home when I finally had to look her in the eye and say, Please snap out of this self-pity. Even if you can't walk, you are still needed and are still a vital part of this family. You can hold a baby or you can, you, can cha- you can change a diaper. You can still be creative. Don't allow the enemy to steal this time from you. Ask God to reveal himself to you and to give you a vision of your circumstances from his perspective. Even though Melinda was constantly surrounded with people who volunteered to help in droves, And even though she was surrounded with her nine children, it was obvious she was not doing well. I could see how depressed and how lonely Melinda felt during this period of our life. That's why the Lord gave me this song, Lonely, as a balm for her wounded soul during her time of pain and loneliness during her long recovery. She cried as she listened to the song for the first time, and then the Melinda we know to be the fighter she is, fought her way back to joy and peace and a deeper healing in her soul. Soon she was back to her old self, simply by rejecting the lies and accepting the truth. The same woman who had been ready to give up on life spent the next few weeks in bed writing a collection of piano arrangements for beginning piano students using ten of my songs. We simply placed a portable keyboard on her lap and gave her a pencil and manuscript paper. What the enemy meant for evil, God used as a time to produce a tool for raising up young worship leaders literally all over the world. We all face times of loneliness in our lives. That's just a part of reality. How we deal with that loneliness, how we perceive it, makes the difference between life and death. If you feel alone right now, Listen to this song and be encouraged. The utter reality is that we are never, ever alone. Never. Take your hands off me I have a friend Always 
are just that, hard. 
But fire tends to burn away all that is of no value. And Melinda, indeed our whole family, was reminded once again to value what God values and to see life's circumstances from his point of view. And now that I have Parkinson's, I have a better understanding of some of the things Melinda was going through during her many weeks of confinement to bed. Our entire family is affected by the disorder, and I have times where I dip into self-pity or depression or sorrow. But my family is here, and they're with me, and they're for me, and they will not allow me to wallow in self-pity. I honestly never feel alone in Parkinson's. I actually feel more loved than ever. I guess guess that's why I love this song so much more now than I did all those years ago when I first received it, and I loved it like crazy then. Would you do this for me? Send the link to this podcast to lonely people in your life as a means of bringing encouragement to their souls. Psalm 139, beginning at verse 7, says this, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take up the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will take hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be night, even darkness is not dark to you and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. I have something very special I'd like to share with you about today's song. When I released the recording, Help Me to Remember, I also released a book by the same title. It's a look at grief and sorrow and mourning from a Christ-centered point of view. It's chock full of stories from the lives of real people including the complete stories behind all 14 songs on the album. It's only available in paperback, and we have only a few more left. To get your copy, just call 918-781-1200 and ask for your copy. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Dennis Jernigan Podcast. If you'd like more information on me or my story or my music, you can always go to DennisJernigan.com. You can also follow me on Facebook, you can follow me on Instagram, you can find me on iTunes. And if you would like an MP3 of today's song, Lonely, from the recording, Help Me to Remember, just go to the store at DennisJernigan.com. Thank you again for joining me for today's podcast. And remember this, God loves you, and so do I. And never forget His goodness and comforting presence is with us even in the sorrowful times. You are his son, you are his daughter, you are his new creation in Christ, and you are never alone, ever. Now go and be who your father says you are. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all.